Are you a fan of the show Supernatural? Well, you're in luck. There's a new series on NBC called Constantine, and it's based on a comic where those heartless bastards on the CW stole all their best material. Well, actually, you're really not all in that much of a luck, because it looks like NBC is in the early stages of canceling this wonderful show. But you can help rescue it by tweeting your support in the hashtag SaveConstantine on the Twitters and probably on Tumblr or something. That's hashtag SaveConstantine. Constantine airs Friday nights at 10pm, which, if you don't know, is basically the TV version of Florida. Things are sent there to die. Do it, or Gian Gomez might never be on another episode of Off Time Jive. This is Michael Holler, signing off. To off time jive. My name is Tyler Pino. My name is Gian Gomez. And my name is also Gian Gomez. Gian is not here this week. Gian isn't. Well, here's the thing: is we know this. The people at home who don't see us on a day to day basis might not know this. Gian Gomez is a little old lady, so he's flown home back to Florida for the winter. I guess is the last I heard. <laughs> um, maybe he's never coming back. We don't know, but we don't have him today. Today, however, we do have. Mikey Chan Holler. Yes, uh, that's, still. that's me. Gian was basically like a homing pigeon, where, you know, you send it out with a message and it doesn't come back, and it could have gotten hit by an airline turbine, but you don't you don't really know. That's how I assume all of the communications in Game of Thrones were. Like, at least in Harry Potter, where they had, like, the uh, owl uh, post. Everything is done by owls. That's how they <laughs> send messages in the wizarding world, Michael. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, why I have to explain or, or, this to you. Or Neville Longbottom had a, a frog, right? He did, called Trevor. But no, 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 the owl post. It was like you could have a pet owl at Hogwarts, but you didn't have to have a pet owl. However, everybody kind of had, like, regular postman owls that would send messages. However, they have, like, magic on their side, so, like, I understand, <laughs> like, whatever. But Game of Thrones, it really bothers me that, like, the the, the ravens are just so good at getting <laughs> every message exactly where it needs to be. Because I assume, like, when people were using carrier pigeons, I, like, the accuracy rate had to have been, like, one in, like, 25,000 pigeons ever got something to where it went. I don't know how it worked. If you, it's it's got to be better than, you know, United States Postal Service. But you, you think about it, and, like, the pigeon has a brain the size of, what, a grain of, like, a grain of sand or... I, I really doubt that that's true. <laughs> how big is how big is it? Can be they're, big, they're, but a grain of sand. Their, their head on. is teeny. come on. Their head is teeny. Could, could support and, a lot more than a grain of sand. <laughs> I don't. Have you seen some pigeons? Um, no. You got you got to imagine like they're just like oh I'm supposed to be doing it. Oh what's that? And they just hit a fucking airline turbine. Mm-hmm. You know like. Okay. So yeah, that's why we've been gone for uh, the last couple of weeks. We had no Gian and uh, Mikey Chan had some uh, issues. I did not have a very good week this past week. I had a fairly terrible week this Mm -hmm. past week. I I woke up with extreme pain in my genitals. No, okay. (laughs) Never, never a good sign to wake up to in the morning at around two a.m. 
This was when? Like on Saturday? This was Saturday at 2 a.m. And I woke up with this extreme agony. And immediately you think there's a pain in your left testicle. And you're like, what the fuck? All right, this will get better. This is fine. You know, it's going to get better. It's fine. Seven hours later, it didn't get better. So I went to the ER. Wait, you were sitting there for seven hours before you went to the ER? I sat there for seven hours in extreme agony. Thinking that it was just going to get better on its own. Oh, Jesus Christ. It didn't get better. So I I went to the ER, which was a a decision that was made for me by my girlfriend. Because I was... Who uh, evidently does exist. Who evidently does exist. I've since met... um, yeah, Tyler. The actress playing Michael's girlfriend. Tyler, if you hadn't known, was under the insum- was under the assumption that. Uh, it wasn't an assumption. I had this verified by. <laughs> well, he he believed that my girlfriend was a figment of my imagination, of whom I'd make up in order to get out of spending time with him. Um, That's not what I thought. I didn't think that that was the reason. No, what did you? Go, think go on. We were talking about your testicles. <laughs> right, right, right. Infinitely more. <laughs> Interesting. Anyways, um, at the concern of my girlfriend, she was like, listen, we're taking you to the hospital, which was a big thing for me because I haven't had health insurance since June because my parents... uh, It happens. It lapsed, yeah. So it happened. So I went to the ER. I explained the situation, which was not as terribly awkward as one might imagine. They're very tactful. And after speaking to a doctor, uh, they're like, all right, listen, we're going to put you on ultrasound to see what the problem is. Uh, and I was I was trying to be as happy as I possibly could, given the situation. So she had this little ultrasound scanner, and she was going over my left testicle, and she was like, "Don't move, cause it's so small and it's slippery." And I'm like, "Wow, well, you know, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, and I got, <laughs> there was like no reaction." It's just like <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she was like, "No, no, 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 no." We okay. We you just had a nurse tell you that your member was too small to be seen. No, no, it was don't backpedal now. No, you it, did, it, you, it, was, it was it was the testicle itself, and she was an ultrasound technician, so used to dealing with pregnant people. So yeah, they have huge cocks. Is <laughs> the thing they usually have a lot of meat to grab onto. No, no, no. But you mother know, of God, Michael, this is like the, the testicle, which it's relative. I, it's relative. I think about this 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 scenario, and I'm like, this is the worst <laughs> fucking thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> Has ever happened to anyone that I've ever known? I know people that have died. I know people that have had like relatives murdered. This Florida, takes so the cake. Yeah, Florida. I mean, everybody has someone uh, <laughs> that they've murdered. Okay, so, so to paint this picture, well, it's apparently a very small and slippery picture. <laughs> but no, but but she was so she was so she was very awkward with it, and I was trying to I was trying to be happy about it, and I was like, oh, looking at the monitor, it's like it's just like when I used to watch the Magic School Bus when I was younger, but you know, not as fun. This condition is called uh, it's testicular torsion. Testicular torsion, which was covered on the Venture Brothers. If you're yes, if you're a fan of the Venture Brothers, if you're a fan of the Venture Brothers, you know what this is. They did a segment. Uh, it was like a PSA, and I guess they covered it because it's just this ludicrous concept. Yeah, um, like horrible, horrible, fucking, and I'm so sorry that it happened <laughs> to you, but it's kind of hilarious. It's- Anyway, this condition, testicular torsion, I've since looked into it because it terrifies me. <laughs> that, that, and I, I hate you because this is now a thing that's in my paradigm. This is a thing that I have to worry about. Like, I feel like I will forever be looking over my shoulder 
hiding from the day that eventually testicular torsion Comes happens to come knocking on my door. Tyler Pino? Yes? Sorry for this. Okay, but this condition affects something like 1 in 25 million people. So I just won the really shit lottery. Yes, you won the worst lottery in the universe. You kind of did it twice. Uh, the second time around, not so bad. Because in 60% of the cases, um, you end up losing a testicle. Which I got to keep both of mine, and thank God. considering that you, it was seven hours before you sought treatment, and then another several hours in waiting for the emergency... <laughs> Uh, the waiting for the emergency room, which is, uh, I don't know, a ludicrous concept to me also. Because, like, what the fuck is the point of an emergency room if you have to wait for it? All of that time elapsed, and you still allegedly have two testicles. I now, do. I have not seen this to verify, <laughs> however. But, um, but no, you're, you're saying what it, what it is. And just to illustrate what this is, go, go for it. Fine. Challenge accepted. So essentially what happens is, it happens, I said, one in 25 million people. But it's, um... Predisposed, like for me, uh, I'm almost out of the water because it, it usually happens before age 25, and I'm already 25. Operating um, word is usually. Usually, yeah, right. It's I've still been, possible, Pino. Yeah, I've been. This has been going through my mind since it's happened. Like, <laughs> I'll be sitting in class, really bored, and I'll be like, "Do my balls hurt right now?" <laughs> What if that happened? What if, like, it really is the world's worst lottery and, like, we both got it uh, within days of each other and I got it even... But, okay. So it like affects... Final Destination. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of death, you get testicular torsion. Now, there's this thing. It's called the bell-clapper deformity. Um, is the condition that predisposes you to it. I don't remember what the deformity is. I don't know what it looks like. You probably do. But... <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it, No, it's not. I know exactly what it is. It just has something to do with the cords in that general region um, being suspended in such a way that it allows the testicle to move 360 degrees, which I suppose it's not supposed to do. Didn't know that. Never tried. Uh, I, I never like got curious in the bathroom and thought, oh, let's see how far these babies go. But, uh... So, and the other thing to note is that it happens completely at random. Now, it's not like Mikey Chan was, like, <laughs> sitting in the bathroom and said, let's see how far these babies can go. <laughs> um, I've, I've never gotten to that point where I've been so bored. I'm like, huh, I wonder. Well, the thing, the other thing was that it affects, it's mostly found in very, very young men. Like, prepubescent. So I think that says a little something about you. <laughs> like we always say that you're like 14, but you know, now you've got this to back it up. So. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, so <laughs> randomly and out of nowhere, the ball just decides, "Fuck you. I hate you." <laughs> I'm going to twist around unprovoked and for no reason and this really it defies explanation i think like has how did it start moving I, is that a thing that happens i was i was fucking asleep when it happened and it was so painful it woke me up like i know surprisingly little about testicles for you know possessing uh two of them um actually three one is mikey chance that he lost i keep it in a a, a jar of uh, jar. formaldehyde yeah <laughs> So yeah, I guess just out of nowhere, it, it decides to twist. Um, but I like what causes that? 
Didn't they say, haven't you been more inquisitive about this? It's ruined your entire week, probably your entire life. Like, I assume you have PTSD, because I would. Uh, no, every, in, the, in the past couple nights, like, I've, I've had to wake up because the pain medicine has worn off. And I was just like, oh, God, did it happen again? But no, it's, it's fine. I, I, in, in having the surgery, it's supposed to prevent it from ever happening again. Thank fucking God. Please explain the surgery, because this is almost as horrifying as the condition itself. <laughs> Okay, so after I had the ultrasound, they, they took me back to the emergency room, and this doctor came, and he was like, all right, let me take a look, and I was like, all right, so we, is there going to be, like, small talk first? You just want me to drop my pants? And he was like, oh, funny. And uh, and so he looked, and he was like, okay, I'm going to see how many urologists we have on staff right now, because we have to operate. And I'm like, oh, when? And he's like, immediately, because this is an emergency situation. And I'm like, fantastic. Um, they, they, they had me sign a bunch of waivers, and then... They were like, okay, listen, so we're going to explain what we're going to have to do. And I was like, okay, please don't explain what we have to do. Just do it. I don't want to know what you're doing because it's going to horrify me and it's going to haunt my nights for the rest of my life. And they're like, listen, legally we have to tell you. So they told me we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to cut we're gonna cut your testicles open and we're going to find the cord that's twisted around and suffocating your testicle. Uh, and, and untwist it. Yeah, and we're gonna untwist it. We're gonna it's reasonable. We're, yeah, we're gonna basically, we're gonna basically untwist it, and then we're gonna sew this cord to the inner side of your sack, so that it never twists. Did he use the word again. sack? I forgot the word to use. Honestly, he could have. I I don't know. He he just said we're gonna like sew it the outside of it so that you know it did never like, twists like ever again. Did he have like a thick New York accent as he said it? Oh, it's like, yeah, on. we're going to cut you open. <laughs> no. And uh, you see, we're going to take the, the, the twister one. We're going to untwist it, and then we're going to sew it up in your ball sack. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I, I feel like that would have made me worry slightly more. But uh, but no. That's, and then, that's fucked and, up. What and, are you saying of New Yorkers? <laughs> but, but they said, like, listen, if it... If it's if it's dead, we're gonna have to take it out. And I'm like, what do you mean dead? Like, if there's necrosis and it's dead, we're gonna take it out. I'm like, fucking awesome. So you don't. Great. Necrosis is, I'm assuming, like the technical term for zombieism. A zombie testicle, yeah. Um, <laughs> the worst type of zombie. <laughs> testicle zombie. That's Coming still attached. Suit from Max oh, Brooks. Oh man, it would have been like Evil Dead. Only instead of your hand, it would have been your ball. This is nothing like Evil Dead. That's uh, that's going in the screenplay. That's going in the screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, and they're like, well, if it's dead, we're going to take it out. If not, we're just going to leave it in. It's going to be fine. It's going to heal. It's going to get better. Uh, so they took me to the ER room and they strapped me basically, you know, like every 80s movie where they're like turning a soldier into a bionic commando or something like that. And you strap him to this big table. They strapped me into this table and, uh, they laid down. They injected this, what I assume is anesthesia into that little vein thing that was in my arm. And they gave me an oxygen, oxygen mask. Uh, they told me, you know, take a couple deep breaths. So I took a couple deep breaths, and I, I took the oxygen mask off, and I looked at the nearest doctor, and I'm like, should I be counting to ten, or should I... I was out. And I woke up, like, three hours later, in a hospital bed. Uh, <laughs> it was like... It was... If, you ever, if you've never woken up from anesthesia before, it's the weirdest fucking thing. Like, I, it's... I, I, I opened my eyes, and I, I was not conscious of the situation. There was a doctor there, and he's talking to me, and... I opened my eyes and he was gone. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then since that day, I've had issues walking and lying down and breathing and moving. 
It's really not fun. You, I, I have not had a good week. <laughs> you took the subway today. I took the subway today. It's not a very pleasant experience. It's um, never a really pleasant experience, it's never but a, I can only imagine that yeah. this didn't make it any better. It really didn't, and, um, you know, it really didn't. And having to walk up, like, four flights of stairs mm. was a really, really unpleasant experience. Uh, Michael, like, like I said, is this is the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> like, I, the fact, what sort of cruel and unusual god... <laughs> <laughs> allows for <laughs> such a thing it's like i guess oh man well at least uh at least you got to keep it <laughs> yeah so estimated recovery time is eight weeks really yeah, it's eight weeks i you never said this before no because I'm still in some disbelief. I, I saw the doctor yesterday. I, went, well, I mean, you're already looking significantly better than you have been. Well, would not you good, saw me on relatively. fucking, like, this past weekend. I saw you, th- like, I didn't see you till like, three days after it happened. Yeah, but... Because, like, you were literally out. However, the day that I did, I was like, holy fuck, you're, like, about to die. <laughs> um, you look like you just had your nutsack cut open. That's crazy. But, but yeah, the, the doctor said that. In order, like, the time that'll take you to get, like, 90% better, eight weeks. Which is a longer recovery time than most surgeries out there, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, probably. So, uh, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily all that happy at the moment. Well, I mean, what do you mean, like, till you're just 100%? I think it's till I'm able... I mean, because you're already kind of up and walking. Like, when do you... Till I'm able to walk without discomfort. Mm Mm-hmm. Until you're able to ejaculate without spewing blood. <laughs> like fucking God, Willem Dafoe and Antichrist. <laughs> Which is basically what happened in that movie, if I'm not mistaken. Only, no, his was a little bit worse. Because was it though? Was it really? Did you have you seen that movie? I haven't, but I can't imagine it being any worse. Well, basically, uh, spoilers, Antichrist. For anyone that wants to go out and watch that movie, please don't. It's so fucking depressing and horrible. It's a very well shot film. Um, but don't. What's his name? Fucking uh, Lars von Trier is a Nazi anyway. So whatever. Anyway, she, like his wife smashes his his testicles with a hammer. Oh, and fuck. so, like, immediately he passes out from pain. And I'd like, it was so well done. Like, I'm like, this guy, the fucking writer and director of this film, probably has done this to a person. Because it's like, I have to imagine this is exactly what would happen. Because, like, he just immediately passes out and she's freaking out. And then later she begins to manually uh, bring him to climax as he's still passed out. Which I don't know how that would work. But. Oh, maybe. What mm. fucking movies do you watch, Pino? I just said fucking Lars von... Uh, yeah, Lars von Trier fucking wrote this. Have you not... Are you unfamiliar with him? I am unfamiliar with him. And, uh... So, this image will be in my mind now. Thank you. Oh, uh, dude, you didn't even see it. I'll show you. No, no you really don't need that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I really don't. wouldn't do that to you in the current state. But, huh. <laughs> we can move on now. Oh, I think we covered man. this situation. I, I just... What a trooper, sir. <laughs> And yeah, the 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 wow. Uh, we'll 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 cut to news. This I'm gonna put story. a song in here. Hold on, wait. Pause for music. Now, 
<laughs> we got some news. We got some news. Uh, Suicide Squad, as you've all probably heard by now, because we're a little bit late, but I did want to talk about it, because it's, it's intriguing It's news, yeah. Um, fucking Jared Leto, as we brought up in the last episode, but at that point it was a rumor, and I, I almost didn't believe it. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where, like, that's that's a big reveal, and for that to be, like, a rumor. A rumor? But no, Jared Leto is our new Joker. Which I'm very happy with. I am, yeah, I think they, I think it's a great choice. Um, that being said, I'm very confused as to why they're introducing him in Suicide Squad. Yeah, from my understanding, um, at this point in the New 52, which I'm assuming is the Suicide Squad they're going with... Um, yeah, it's more or less the roster. Yeah, Harley Quinn has already uh, kind of detached herself from Mr. J... Yeah. And now hates him with a fiery passion. Sure. So whether or not Joker is going to be in the movie for like a minute, and then he's going to come back in the... Oh, that's a good point. ...alleged that's... standalone Batman film? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's interesting to me because, um, yeah, that's... Well, I was thinking, like, potential plot lines. Like, he's not going to be a member of the Suicide Squad. He just can't be. Like, he, you... It wouldn't make sense. Because the idea behind the Suicide Squad, for those who aren't uh, necessarily familiar with the property, um, they're a group of villains who um, the government has taken, and they're all taken for, like, specific reasons, because they're all very good at doing, you know, a particular thing. And they're um, forced by the government to uh, kind of do their bidding. Um, And they form them into, really, a superhero team. Um, and the reason that they're called the Suicide Squad is they get sent in to do just the suicide missions, the horrible fucking things that nobody's going to want to do. But, uh, so essentially, yeah, it's, 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 it's a group of heroes, it's more or less. They just happen to be villains. It's essentially the Dirty Dozen yeah, with DC characters. Exactly. It, precisely what it is. Um, so there is, you know, reluctancy between all of them to be doing what they're doing, but they are doing good. With the Joker, there's no way in hell that you would be able to get him to do anything. There's the, the entire basis of his character is the Joker is a wild card. It's the whole reason they call him that, Michael. Um, I thought he, I thought he was called the Joker because he was good at birthday parties. I'll let that slide because your <laughs> ball sack is currently being held together by staples, but that was really bad. That would be an interesting birthday party. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Johnny, want to see a magic trick? So I was thinking that um, it would, I guess, it would stand to reason that maybe he's the villain. But even then, I'm just like, the thing that stands out is particularly odd to me is that, yeah, if we were going with the New 52, that would be, you know, make perfect sense. It would be a perfectly fine storyline. However, the general movie-going audience, outside of the comic book community, Harley Quinn has never been she was created for the uh batman the animated series has since been integrated into the comics but other than that she has never been on screen yeah um not in television or in in film so this is her first big screen adaptation and yet we're already going to throw her into the mix as if you know we know who she is which we do but, you know, your fucking 90-year-old grandmother who might be going to see this movie is like, Harley, what now? Was she in the, the, the 1960s series? She, um, she basically, she would have gotten a character introduction if we had gotten Joel Schumacher's sequel to Batman and Robin, Batman Again. We would have gotten a really bad one. Did you read the yes, script of that? Yes, uh, she was the uh, Jack Nicholson's son, you know, uh, daughter. 
It was weird that she was his son because yeah. she was a girl, but you know, <laughs> it really was. Joel Schumacher. She had, she had uh, he had testicular torture in there. Just cut everything off. She gave up hope. Um, no, but she she was uh, Jack Nicholson's daughter, and she was going to seek revenge on Batman at the time. George yeah, Clooney. right. Uh, the Joker wasn't really involved. Um, yeah. So and she wasn't his lover. Yeah, which also would have been really weird. Uh, it would have made sense in the context, but like, <laughs> if anyone's gonna do it, it's the Joker. But and it would be perfectly fine because you're like, yeah, whatever, he's crazy. But like this entire idea of like, uh, you know, them being exes in the film, it's like, how are you going to do that? And to introduce the Joker, this is a brand new Joker that we have. Yeah. Um, to introduce him in something outside of a Batman movie seems. Very strange. I think what we're going to get is we're probably going to get an introduction to his character, and he's not going to be the main focus of the film. Yeah, yeah. And then even to that end, though, it's just... It, it seems like it would let the steam out. Like, it would. big time. Because that, I mean, culturally speaking, A, it, it, it's Batman's arch nemesis. Um, it's far and above the most popular... Batman villain um, of all time. I'd say it's arguably the most popular comic, comic book, villain book villain of all time. Of all time and yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, arguments could be made, but I would. That's a very fucking safe assumption. Yeah. And now I've completely lost my train of thought. Heath Ledger, Joker. <laughs> Heath Ledger, yeah. yeah. Okay, and you're also following it with this. The stand, the standout I, performance of Heath Ledger. And the, something that's become an iconic fucking performance in a film. Yeah. Um, um, the only way that they could possibly do this without having Jared Leto be compared to Heath Ledger is if they went with a completely different approach, which I assume they're going to because Jared Leto's a phenomenal actor, and I think he'll be perfect as if they go back to like the Batman animated series. That's exactly what I want. Style Joker. Yeah, that's. I think that's what we all want. I think that's probably the best route to go because as as fucking brilliant as uh, Heath Ledger's Joker was, and that entire character and that entire film was. Um, it wasn't Accurate. the yeah. It wasn't the traditional Joker. Um, I think the best way to do it would be to just yeah go back to the roots, and it would really be like the first time that we're getting that. Jo- like Jack Nicholson was pretty damn close. Uh... But that being said, there was still you know it was a little bit wonky. Just go yeah make it exactly the straight out of the comics, which to me is more or less Mark Hamill's performance in the animated series. That is the definitive Joker to me. Um, and Kevin Conroy is the definitive Batman. When I read the comics, those are the voices that I hear. I think that's uh, the what most people hear. I don't think yeah. anyone will read a Batman comic and be like, I'm not wearing hockey pads. No, no. But <laughs> reason. Well, like, the thing is, um, it's funny. I was talking, like, right after Comic-Con, I was talking with one of my friends, and this is not the first time that this has happened. Um, what, you've talked with friends? No, that was the first time, but other people, talking to other people, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Um, it was the second time that I've ever talked to another person. But I told him about Kevin Conroy. Or he was like, who's that? And I'm like, well, he was the voice of Batman, um, the one from, like, the early 90s. But what he said was, oh, you mean the real Batman. Like, yeah. like that's the real voice of Batman. Like, I mean, it's just so perfect. It's it's the perfect yeah. the depiction of yeah. that character. I can't... And there have been other people to play Batman... Um, in the cartoons since then, and there have been ones that were perfectly fine. But yeah, Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman. I think the closest iteration to a Batman I've ever seen put on screen, um, more so than any film, any of the Joel Schumacher films, any of the Tim Burton films, definitely any of the Nolan films, is um, 
this character named Ke- or not this character, this actor named Kevin Porter. Yes. And he actually does a lot of, believe it or not, Batman fan films, and he does this thing called Superpower Beatdown on the internet. Um, and he he does a very good Batman. Pino, you've seen him, and while you may not necessarily agree with the outcomes of the Superpower Beatdown videos, uh, he does the perfect Kevin Conroy voice. It's yeah, it's it's well, it's very close to perfect. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, and it's clear that he's doing like a Kevin Conroy esque thing. But it's like when I think about like the people uh, uh, doing it in film, like the actors that have done it in film, they all adopt like the kind of Clint Eastwood sort of thing. Like if you go back. Yeah, um, if you go back to Michael Keaton, um, I think that, yeah, that's it's clear that he was going for, like, a Clint Eastwood type thing. Anything after that, you could kind of say, oh, they're all go- go- going for Keaton. And yeah. Christian Bale kind of did that and just went off the fucking deep end with it. <laughs> Christian Bale uh, went for throat cancer, yeah. Clint Eastwood. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, which which is weird because I've always thought like if they were going to do a reboot of the Batman franchise at this point, um, I would be perfectly fine if they went with Batman Beyond. Yeah. And that could it has a potential I think to be a really cool interesting story, and I believe the perfect person in my mind to play Bruce Wayne aging would be Clint Eastwood. Sure. I mean. I mean, he's a little bit. Well, actually, no, he's he'd be perfect age for it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I well, they were gonna do that. They well, not with Clint Eastwood, but they were gonna make a Batman, uh, beyond live action film. Uh, right after the Schumacher franchise collapsed, um, <laughs> it literally like, fell apart. It seems right. They're like, we don't want to stop making Batman movies, but we can't just make another one right now. Like, and so. What would eventually become Batman Begins started out as a Batman Beyond film. Like, there's concept art online and stuff. It looks really cool. Um, I don't see why they couldn't do that now. I mean, if ever there was a time to just fucking throw shit on the wall and see what sticks, why not be right now? Exactly. Because, like, Warner Brothers is in this predicament where, like, Marvel is a fucking powerhouse. Yeah. Like, really just this multimedia juggernaut right now and they're getting fucking they're getting their asses handed getting their asses handed it's just not even a competition it's really quite funny um they they see like they're trying desperately to turn it around and granted like there's only been one film since since like this whole thing other than the dark knight films um which was man of steel but there has been dc films since then i think you're just you've blocked them mentally from your mind i don't know i mean since dark knight rise Post-Avengers. Post-Avengers? Well, I wouldn't say post-Avengers, but in the last couple years, the DC films that I remember are... We had Jonah Hex. We had Jonah Hex. But that was a very small film. Like, I wouldn't say that that was their answer to Marvel. That film, I shit you not, is 70 minutes long. Really? Yes. That's barely a feature. (laughs) Have you seen it? It's barely a movie. Um, Uh, Well, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I haven't seen it. But. I haven't seen it. Josh Brolin was great. Literally everything else it was fucking terrible. Um, yeah. It was the worst seventy minutes of my life, bar none from this was it uh, set procedure. In, um, in the comics, it's set in Gotham. Was uh, it? I think in the New Fifty Two. I don't know if that's always been a Jonah Hex thing. I know nothing about that character, but yeah, at least a good arc of it was set in like um, early like. Because I know eighteen hundreds Gotham. It's it, it's which a DC... wouldn't make sense because it's like a western, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's so a like, DC vertical property. If Gotham property. is supposed to be New York or set in the Northeast, they always say that it's a major city in the Northeast. 
Why would that ever be Old West? It yeah. doesn't, geographically speaking, make any fucking sense. Yeah, no, Jonah Hex, it was, it was like a, it was like a spaghetti western, from my understanding. Uh, just, no. just DC Vertigo. Um, in the film, <laughs> in, in the film, um, think, think about, okay, think about, you remember that movie Wild Wild West with Will Smith? I try not to, but yes. Okay, think that movie. And There's a giant it. spider in that. Yeah, um, mesh it into the 2005 Constantine film. Mesh those two together, and that was what Jonah Hex was. I don't know how I feel about that. I just can't even picture it. Yeah, you you can't picture it because it's an abomination. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah, well, enough said. Um, and then we also had Green Lantern, which we all lived through that. Most of us well, lived through that. I wouldn't call it living. We survived. We survived. Uh- <laughs> But yeah, amongst amongst the other Suicide Squad casting, who else we got? We have Margot Robbie. Obviously, we discussed that before. Harley Quinn, Which Will she's a, Smith. Yeah, Margot Margot Robbie. She's in Wolf of Wall Street. She's a fantastic actor. Yeah, she's a fantastic, she's act- I, yeah, I she's a fantastic she's actor. Fine. Yeah, uh, I have no doubts that she'll be an excellent Harley Quinn. Yeah, like if I, she's given good material. I mean, I've I only seen her in one other thing, but I loved that movie. So good. yeah. Um, it's the only film I own on Blu-ray, actually. Yeah, really? Yeah, I don't I, even have a Blu-ray player. I don't even have a Blu-ray player, and I own it on Blu-ray. I don't understand. Um, Will Smith Will is Smith dead shot. Is dead. See, this one's going to be really tough for me, because Will Smith is such a likable... He's such a likable, relatable character, or mm-hmm. an actor, that I've, I find it really hard that he's going to play Deadshot. Of all of the... Ca- like, this is what's baffling to me. Not that he's in a, a superhero film... But he's in a, a superhero film, like, as not known as this. Yeah, and playing a character like Deadshot. Like, if I was, like, a studio executive for uh, Warner Brothers, which I'm not, um, my first thought for Will Smith would be, like, uh, I don't know, fucking Green Lantern? <laughs> like, have him play Jon Stewart? Have him play somebody that you would like. Like, and I'm, he could be likable in this. And he does very well, you know, dramatically as well. Um... Obviously, he's not quite as well known for that, but I, and I think he's actually a very talented actor. I'm he, not... he is. He really is. I I have my utmost confidence in him and his portrayal. Mm-hmm. I just have to wonder at what point someone was like, you know, who's gonna play the mercenary that kills people? Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I just, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. See. I, I yeah. I don't know enough. Um. Tom Hardy. Which was surprising. Uh, I don't really think it's surprising. surprising. It is to me. He just came out of a huge fucking, not only just a huge super, a fucking Batman film, and now he's going to play uh, another DC villain. Well, they we've already we've already established that the Nolan films didn't exist with the new DC cinematic universe. Yeah, I'm just saying that like, I'm surprised that he took the role. Not surprised that they wanted him. But it just seems like, I don't know, usually when, like, big actors go through a franchise like that, they want to distance themselves a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Can we just entertain the fact, though, that Tom Hardy is a character who's gone up against Batman, Captain Picard, and now the Joker? Yeah. Can we just entertain that fact for a second? Yeah, yeah. And again, I I think he'll do just fine. He's fucking. He's a, he's a fucking fantastic astounding, actor. Yeah. Um. He's if you haven't seen Bronson, I highly recommend it. That was another Nicholas winning Refn film. Mm-hmm. Um. He's a fucking fantastic actor. Um. Um. Jai Courtney Jai as Courtney. Boomerang. Is this, it this Jay is, or is it Jai? It's Jai Courtney. It this is, Jai. is this is where it starts to lose me because I. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I saw Die Hard five. 
and mm-hmm. this is what I know Jai Courtney from. You're not a fan. I've I literally I just looked at his IMDb before we started the show. I've never seen him in a goddamn anything, so I don't know. I don't <laughs> like Captain Boomerang. I think in New Fifty Two it was funny because they make him so fucking detestable. He's like literally he's like they make him into this chauvinist racist horrible character and like it's literally it's kind of funny because it's captain boomerang and you're just like automatically like fuck captain boomerang let me explain this to you <laughs> captain you boomerang, boomerang. <laughs> is a character that was originally a superman villain <laughs> this guy this man said i'm gonna take down the fucking superman the closest thing to a living god in our comic book universe. Actually, no, they have God in the DC universe, but we'll get into that. Um, I'm going to do it with a fucking boomerang. What do you do, sir? I I have a boomerang. <laughs> so, yeah, he's in this. I can't. I, can't comment on the guy. Like, don't know anything about him. I, I know Michael no- doesn't like him. I don't know nothing. Of, I I know nothing of Captain Boomerang. All I know about Jai Courtney is he's going to be Kyle Reese in Terminator Genesis, and he was John McClane's son in Die Hard Five, and there was no redeeming quality about that movie whatsoever. So yeah. So yeah, we there's still no word on who's going to be playing Amanda Whaler. Oh, the other interesting thing, I don't know who this is, but uh, Cara Delevingne. Don't she know. is um, she's a model. Okay. That just turned into an actress. If you look at her IMDb page, interesting. I think she has like two projects done and like sixteen upcoming projects. It's really weird. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, if anything, I'm sure the movie will be just fine because she'll be carried. By uh, the astounding cast that we already have, minus Jai Courtney. Um, if not, I hope she does well. We'll see. But the interesting thing uh, about this is she's playing the Enchantress. Yes, who is a Justice League Dark character. Yes, the main um, villain in the first uh, arc of the Justice League Dark in the New 52. So... We have two segues right here. Yeah. Um, Which one do you want to go into first? Well, no. What I'm saying is, like, the, it sets up something interesting. If this Justice League Dark script gets greenlit, we'll go with that one. Because I just mentioned it. Which it uh, was just turned in. Um, Wait, two days ago, actually. Yeah. Go on, Take the mic, Mikey Chan. Um, so the Justice League Dark film has been a project that Guillermo del Toro has allegedly been working on for quite some time. Uh, he's been wanting it to happen since Nolan's reboot of The Dark Knight, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. And um, he there's a script. It was just written. Apparently, the writer of the script is a secret identity. Guillermo del Toro doesn't want that revealed. Yeah. Um, it's I don't know. It's really weird. Um, but he's Guillermo del Toro. He's fucking, Spoilers. He's brilliant. It's David Esquire. <laughs> but... Um, but I, I love Guillermo del Toro. I love most of his work. So yeah, yeah. I so love fucking all of his work. If so, if, especially like, I mean, Hellboy. I, both the Hellboy films I like. I know you're not too hot on the second one. Um, I'm really not. But Jesus, like, 
they're beautiful films. Yeah, they're inarguably very beautiful films. Well, like his like his Spanish language films are just all of them are just like oh, fucking yeah. mind blowing. Like they're Pan's so Labyrinth beautiful. Like is... it's so just imaginative and and and. and... Yeah, and then know. and then he took on Pacific Rim, which was very surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, I that movie was fun as hell. It was it really a fun. I, film, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a good film, but I bought it off of iTunes and HD. So I mean, it says something about me. Um, I mean, this I I watch Japanese TV. Well, I shows, wouldn't say so. it was a great film. I would say it's a very good film. It, it, it's, I, it's, it's it's fun. Just, it's fun to watch. It's so uh, basic in its its storytelling. I think, but what? that's not the point. Like yeah. the point is, we're gonna make a movie about giant robots fighting giant Godzillas, and it's gonna be great. What I really liked about that film, though, was the cinematography and how the action was handled, mm-hmm. camera work wise. Because you can look at Michael Bay films and it just look like metals clanking on metal. It's a piece of shit and it clutters the frame. And it's terrible. But when you watch Pacific Rim, it was handled spectacularly well in that it was so faithful to how, like, toy studios would have handled the kaiju genre. And it it was so beautiful looking at all these, literally every shot of, like, when they're getting into the cockpit, when, like, the head's, like, descending onto Gypsy Danger and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it, it looks like something from Japan like it looks like Japanese animation it looks like kaiju films from the 60s and 70s and it, it, it was brilliant and it made me so happy just to see but we're getting off topic here Justice League Dark anyways from what I heard about the script is that the script focus on focuses on John Constantine uh, and John Constantine is basically from what I understand acting as the Nick Fury of the Justice League Dark franchise and where he's assembling all these paranormal characters to fight what I would assume would be in the Enchantress. So, mm, yeah, maybe. I I don't know. I mean, I'm excited just to see John Constantine on film. Uh, if it happens, I would love to see Matt Ryan play John Constantine. I feel like he has to, he especially really does. if 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 you know things aren't uh, spoilers. Things aren't going so well for that Constantine show. Um, actually, you already know this because I'm gonna put up a, a, a thing at the front, but. He fucking is Constantine. He's like, brilliant. He's, just, he's, he's, he's so perfect he's, for the role. Yeah, he's the perfect actor for the role. And when I was at Comic-Con, um, well, when we were at Comic-Con this past year, I actually I sat in on the Constantine panel, mm. and David S. Goyer was there, and he was talking about the casting process for Constantine. And while we were doing the casting process, Matt Ryan sent in a video audition. And Matt Ryan says, like, oh, yeah, I was doing this play back in England, and I had, like, I was, like, I think he was basically playing a lumberjack, basically. Because he had, like, this long hair and this big bushy beard. And he sent in this audition tape regardless. And David S. Goyer looked at the casting directors and was like, listen, this is the person who's going to play Constantine. And they looked at him and they're like, no, he's not going to play Constantine. Have you seen the guy? And David S. Goyer was like, listen, this is the guy. Trust me on this. This is our Constantine. And they kept going through with the acting process. And David S. Goyer... <laughs> he said that he specifically sabotaged every other actor that came to audition for the role. Um, and when that play finally wrapped up in England, they, David S. Goyer told Matt Ryan, like, listen, come to L.A. We're going to we're gonna interview you personally and blah, blah, blah. So he did. He shaved his beard. He cut his hair. He went to the role. And then they cast him as Constantine. And it was, he's perfect. He's, I, I, I love the Hellblazer franchise. And I could not be more happy with Matt Ryan as John Constantine. Mm-hmm. His portrayal, especially in this past episode that you missed it, he seems 
he seems so much like the character. It's beautiful. It, it really is. This is the first time that I've ever sat down and really watched a comic book adaptation mm-hmm. and felt like this is not an actor who's playing this character. This is the character that I'm seeing on screen. And for it to have been done on television mm-hmm. is astounding to me. Which um, is interesting because according to many people who have written uh, the character over the years, they could have just literally asked John Constantine himself to come and play himself because <laughs> apparently he shows up apparently he randomly. Exists. It's because fucking comic book people are insane. Yeah. Maybe if we talk about it enough, he'll show up here. Alan um, Moore. We'll see him. Yeah. Alan Moore's man. One of the sightings was in New York City, so... Really? Not from Alan Moore. One of the other uh, writers, I believe. Well, I mean, John that. Constantine in the comic books frequents New York, so... Yeah. So, John, if you're listening, <laughs> come see us, I guess. <laughs> I'd love to shake your hand. <laughs> um, I'd not like to hang out for you too long, because I'd probably end up dying. I mean, horrible things have been happening. Horrible you, things happen like, to anyone he meets. Well, uh, horrible things have been happening to you. So what I'm saying is it might have been a testicle demon that he could help you <laughs> with. Um, I, I'm actually convinced the same the same entity that tangled my testicles is the same entity that goes into my pocket and tangles the fuck out of my headphones when I'm not looking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> okay. <laughs> moving on no not quite because well yeah moving on from your balls um <laughs> the thing about the this justice league dark news is it's kind of um this is the kind of fir- came with a, a little bookend i don't even know what to, i'm gonna cut that out because i have no idea what i'm trying to even say but um <laughs> you always say we're gonna cut this out you never nah, cut it out I never do. um the, the most interesting thing to me is that this was not on the DC movie lineup that they gave us, correct? No. Well, right, he but, hadn't turned a script in yet, so that's not altogether surprising. Right, but However, if, this, if, if, if this is true and if this is greenlit or if this is redlit, if, if, whatever happens to this, this is technically speaking the farthest along any DC movie production is at the moment. You know, with the exception of Batman yourself. 5, Superman, or yeah. Suicide Squad. Like, all the other films that they announced, like The Flash, or Green Lantern, or all, literally all the other ones. Mm-hmm. They have basically one actor cast. That's it. Most of, the, most well, of those Well, they films, don't have anybody cast for Justice League Dark. Yeah, but most of those films, they don't have... They don't have directors. They don't have scripts. Yeah, they don't that's have, true. Guillermo del Toro immediately will. I'm get, sure that that process is much farther along than we would. We would see hear at this about. Point, yeah, but, but but Justice League Dark, you have you have a script ready. You have a director with Guillermo del Toro. Correct me if I'm wrong. He has his own production company, so you already immediately have that. Um, hopefully, you already have Matt Ryan as John Constantine because he's a fucking awesome John Constantine. Um, uh-huh. You might even already have the Enchantress, if that's where they're going with. Yeah, yeah, might be. Um, No, but what I was going to say is, at a press conference, and it was about something else, so it's not necessarily, this isn't a huge indication of anything in particular. However, um, Del Toro was asked about the movie, and he listed the characters uh, who he had written in, and suspiciously blank from this list was John Constantine. So this calls to question, it's like, you know, is he going to be in the movie? Maybe there there are problems uh, with using the character because of the television show right now. I would, um, I would hope not. 
Yeah. My my assumption, which I I really really hope is true, is the fact that because I know nothing about Justice League Dark, but if I were to guess, I'd say that John Constantine was pretty much the, the one constant character like uh-huh. over the roster changes. Sure. So I would hope that it would just be uns like it doesn't even need to be said that John Constantine is in this film. Maybe. Um. But yeah. So there's that. Uh. What else? Michael. What else? I mean, Constantine. We have that episode. Yeah, what did you think of Okay. So, you saw a new episode of Constantine. I did. I've seen the last few episodes of Constantine. It's been a while since we talked about it. Um, It's good. It really is. It's... I, you know, a lot of people tell me good things about Arrow. I literally just started watching the first ten minutes of it. Um, I think Constantine is the best iteration of a comic book adaptation we're getting on TV and definitely the most faithful we've gotten in any form of media for the longest time. Um, The pilot was good because I thought, you know, it's it's a pilot. Um, It was a good introduction into the universe. Yeah, it was. But since the pilot, the show's gotten so much better, almost astoundingly so. Um, Episode 5 or 6, which I think just aired. I think Mm -hmm. it was episode 6 just aired. Um, And it was good. Uh, It was basically about this this entity that would possess children and then brutally murder that children's parents um like it do yeah like 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 one does um you know there's always a basic fundamental problem with child actors and tv but you know bar that it was it was a good episode it was very well executed you had a lot more of the snarkiness that you could get from john constantine that that we have been getting um to me the standout episode so far in the season has been episode four um i cannot for the life of me remember what the episode is called because it's not english i don't believe but uh it's it's the nemeth episode it was the first it was the first it was the adaptation of the first issue of the constantine hellblazer run that we had in the 70s and 80s and it was it was transferred into one episode of the television series and it was done so well that I was in shock, and you, we saw that episode together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it was one episode with the uh, John Joe, John Joe, John Joe O'Neill, <clears throat> a fucking phenomenal actor um, from England's Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, he's super famous over there in the theater scene. Not so much over here. I don't even really know of anything else that he's done, honestly, um, in terms of like TV or film. But, yeah, he's known for playing Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet, which was re- fucking amazingly well-received. There's a statue at the Royal Shakespeare Center um, of him in that role. Uh, and he also played Richard III. More recently, he's fucking phenomenal. But, yeah, he was in the episode, and it was great. Um, yeah, he he played Le- um, Gary Lester. Yeah. Who was a character that was also introduced in that first issue. Um, well, not introduced in the first issue, but he was part of the Newcastle crew. Uh, it was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. It, it had such a strong. It was emotional, very well done. Yeah. It, was, it had such a strong emotional drive to it. Everything was handled exactly what I would expect from a Constantine TV show. And, you know, not even that. It was handled better than what I would expect from a TV show. Mm-hmm. It's just how proud I am of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like Pino said earlier. The TV show is, despite being a very good show it's not doing well um and i think that's basically because nbc gave it a 
death sentence of a time slot. Well, the thing about that is, like, I have to wonder, it's like, what were they expecting? Because you give a show... Uh, if you're gonna Friday give a show, night, 10 p.m. time slot. But you're not expecting that show to do well. So, I mean, they're not expecting it to pull in Gotham numbers, which gets, you know, a primetime fucking slot on, what, Wednesdays? Um, or whenever, I don't even fucking care. <laughs> but it, you're expecting it to be more of like a cult-like show, you know what I mean? Um, this, I really feel like it's their kind of answer. It's NBC's answer to Supernatural. Supernatural. It really is. It follows almost a very, it follows an almost identical format where it's kind of Monster of the Week. To be um, fair, Supernatural did copy that off of Hellblazer. Sure, 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 absolutely. And I'm not saying they're ripping it's them off. It's come full circle. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that they're ripping them off or anything. I'm just saying that, like, if you're an executive, if you're looking at, like, okay, what do we want to put on this time slot? Oh, Supernatural gets really good numbers. Well, let's do something. What do we have? Well, fucking Warner Brothers says Constantine. Let's do this. Um, but... Yeah, I can't imagine that they were expecting, like, huge numbers. And, I mean, they're not getting huge numbers, but they're also not getting terrible numbers, all things considered. Um, and the other thing that you also have to stop and figure is, like, what do fucking Nielsen ratings in terms of people that actually sit down and watch television matter at this point anyway? Because if you're courting a young audience, which this show is, I mean, it's They're not... watching it online. Yeah. I mean, Gotham is a show where it's a good example of them trying to reach out to a very, very, very broad audience, and that's why I really don't like it. <laughs> I, I think the thing with Gotham is the fact that it's going for a bunch of people that know nothing about Batman. They know nothing about Gotham City. They don't know nothing about the characters, mm -hmm. and that's why it's so successful, because these 40-year-old, 50-year-old people who don't read comics will sit there and be like, hey, I remember the Joel Schumacher. It's going to be great. It's Gotham City. Well, if they're like 50, they remember fucking... Adam West. Adam West, yeah. But, um, so, yeah. And Constantine is not that. Um, it is attacking the core demographic of people that, you know, are familiar with the character, or the type of people that, if they were more familiar with the character, they would gravitate towards it. So, A, I don't know what numbers they were expecting to pull, and B, from what I've seen, the numbers aren't all that bad. Yeah, they're fine numbers. They're respectable numbers. Yeah. And the, the ratings that the show have gotten are surprisingly well. Mm -hmm. um, so, as hard as NBC is trying to kill the show, it's not. Hopefully. Well, here's uh, <laughs> the thing. It's like, it hasn't been canceled. It they, hasn't been canceled. They, they didn't they order didn't an it. additional... They, well, they didn't even... It's not about not renewing it. They just didn't order more episodes. It was... I guess the way that the contract was worked out, they, it was kind of like, we're going to dip our toe in. Um, order, you know, enough for a full season. But what you saw with Gotham, <laughs> they NBC ordered extra episodes dabbler. on top of that. Um but they, from what I've heard, it's depending on how these next couple episodes do. Uh, they might go with a second season. It hasn't been canceled. It's just it's not going to go for an extended full season. Um, right. And I, I, I frequently, um, you know, when the show's on, I'll, I'll live tweet uh, Cam Welsh, who's the executive producer of the show, uh, on Twitter. They also have, like, on Twitter, they have Matt Ryan, who plays John Constantine. They also have this uh, Twitter account. I believe it's John Con Writers, and it's mm -hmm. the uh, the writing staff of John Constantine. And if you if you talk to them throughout the episode, they they will respond to you, which is very good. Like it makes me really happy that they do that. But I'll and you know throughout the week I'll I'll say things like one of my tweets on Twitter. I have it right here. 
<laughs> I I told. Tyler Pino. Hello. I will twist your testicle. No, you won't. <laughs> Are these coming out of the same micro? Hello. Hello. Okay, say yours. Hello. Yeah, we're fine. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> you fucked it up. Um, I did nothing. I was literally looking at the screen as it happened. I'm like, why is, did it just stop? <laughs> but, um... Okay, go ahead and tell the Twitter story again. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll frequently tweet, um... You know, like, John Con writers and everything. And uh, th there's this one tweet that I have here. I told them at NBC Constantine, uh, what kind of video figures did you expect when airing a show at 10 p.m. on Fridays? Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of people... Um, I even got, you know, God, I had, like, my most popular tweet uh, was in regards to Matt Ryan being in Justice League Dark. I got some, like, 155 favorites and, like, 100-something retweets. It was really... Wow. Yeah, it was... It made me... I don't know. It validated my existence is what it did. But... <laughs> and then almost directly after that, your <laughs> genitals <laughs> decided to <laughs> try to kill you. you. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, it, the the writers of Constantine, Matt Ryan, and Cam Welsh, they'll, they'll all frequently talk to you, and it's it's really interesting seeing what they say because apparently, according to Cameron Welsh, I, I don't know if this is what he's paid to say, but he said you know NBC they're great partners to work with. They'll they let them do what they want with Constantine. They'll just help them shape stories and things like that. But they have right. basic creative control, and the show's gotten really really cocky with the whole no smoking thing that they've been. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like in, in one of the episodes, like I don't know what their guidelines are as to what smoking is, but he had a, a cigarette in his mouth and it was lit and he was just speaking. He didn't inhale, I guess, if that's what they're going with. Like, oh, he didn't inhale the smoke, so it's not smoking. But there, there are so many episodes. Like, the it's just one of those asinine things. Yeah. That maybe that that's maybe that's the case where like the the. Uh, I don't know, the studio was was like, oh, well, we didn't see him in hell. I guess that's okay. This is just show him fucking smoking. Who cares? <laughs> but, like, in the last episode... Also, side note, um, for the first time in U.S. history, the rate at which adults are smoking is at 18%. That's an all-time low. So fuck them. Constantine can smoke. We're fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you're airing it, like, at Friday nights at 10... The only people who are really watching it are fans of Hellblazer, and they know he smokes anyways. So it's not like the general public is seeing this and going, oh, there's a character he's smoking. You're but just like, even you're if you're essentially... not like a fan of Hellblazer, it's like, even if you have only know anything about Constantine because of the movie, it's like he smoked in that. That was like a major plot point. So it's like... Yeah, essentially, it's... you're just pissing off the people you're trying to appeal to. Right. Because um, it, it is a big part of his character. Um, it's like taking away Superman's cape. It's just like, why? Why don't... Well, there's no capes can get stuck in doors, and it's dangerous. No. Oh, no, but... I, I agree, absolutely. It's a <laughs> stupid thing to have on a costume if you're going to be, like, doing hand-to-hand -hand combat. Superman. But... But, uh, but, yeah, and, like, in the last episode, I show him, like, he puts a cigarette in his mouth, and he plays with the lighter, and it's they're just they're pushing it, and it's, it's really funny because every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I mean, it's technically not smoking, but I don't know. It's just an, it's just an asinine thing that... It's frustrating. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating. It really is. So, yeah. Hashtag save Constantine. Post Hash in it. Hashtag save Constantine. Voice your discontent. Our legions of fucking listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. 
if it made it this far, they might have turned might have turned it off after testicular torsion was a word that we spoke. That's going to be the most popular segment we've ever had. And I guarantee <laughs> it. Like it's that that was great. Um, <laughs> I, oh, okay. What else what we else got? We got? Uh, so Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars trailer. The first, our first glimpse at Star Wars since 1983 makes me so happy. It's like I'm a kid again. I, well, actually, after your uh, stint with testicular torsion, <laughs> which affects primarily people under the age of 14, um, I think you might still be a kid. What are you doing? We're recording I'm a listening podcast. To you. I was done, and you're looking at your fucking phone. Okay. Talk about Star Wars, Michael. Star Wars. It's a fantastic three films. It's a trilogy that was great. Uh, it ended in the, what, 1983 with Revenge of the Jedi, and then it died there. Yeah, okay, cool. That was hilarious. It's Return of the Jedi, you fuck. It's Revenge of the Jedi. The, the, revenge doesn't make any sense. Revenge I don't care if it was Jedi. changed two weeks before. It makes sense. If they it was had changed, changed like a week before. If they had changed every plot element of the fucking Phantom Menace a week before, would you still be like, oh, no, I want the original one. Like, let's say a week before someone was well, like, oh, my this God, way. this let movie this sucks. Way. Let's re-edit it so it doesn't. You'd be like, no, it'll show us better. Let, let, me put, let me put it this way, okay? This was the first, well, the second decision George Lucas made in order to fuck substantially with Star Wars. It, it, went, it went like this. It yeah, went like how? this. How? It went like, like this. I'm fine with you hating George Lucas. Everybody should. But it, it went like I this. don't understand why that's a big deal. It went like this. Idea one. Because oh, first of all, it was a change for the better. You think so? I really do. Why? Because revenge... I mean, I'll, I will warrant that everything that the Jedi had become uh, after the prequels was fucking stupid. But in the original Star Wars, yeah, it was like they were supposed to be this monastic order. They were supposed to be peaceful people. But that's not what Luke Skywalker was. Ever. How? So? how? Okay. Well, at least in Return of the Jedi, how so? Okay. Um, how does Return of the Jedi start off? Our first introduction to Luke Skywalker as a character. What does he do? He forced well, they're knights. I mean, they're supposed to be like the samurai. They're not. No, but, but they're not warlords. Hear me I'm out. Not hear saying, me out. Okay, fine. He force chokes two people. That's his introduction. He force chokes two people. They deserved it. Yeah. Then continues on. What does he do next? He tries to negotiate with Jabba. That doesn't work. He grabs a blaster and tries to shoot Jabba the Hutt in the fucking face. Okay. Honorable thing that is not. Um. It's Jabba the Hutt. You, but still, that's not the point. If they're space cops, fine. Right. But then, and then later, when we have him, like, when he's speaking to the Emperor. Shaba didn't have his hands up. Right. Well, Topical humor. <laughs> when, he didn't even have hands. Actually, no, he has hands. They're stumpy, but they were there. They weren't up. I saw the movie. <laughs> later, when the Emperor's speaking to Luke, he's like, Strike me down with all your hatred. Take your Jedi weapon. What does he do? Out of fucking blind rage, Luke Skywalker takes that fucking lightsaber and tries to stab Emperor Palpatine in the fucking chest. Deserved it. Yes. Granted, these were all things that these characters deserved, but it does not make Luke this, I don't know, this prophetical 
messiah of oh he's a jedi no G luke is a person that has the ability to use the force that in his trials has constantly failed at everything he's done but still tries to take the higher path and that's what makes him the character we love okay so how is it that calling Ex this his vengeance is going to make that a better movie. I'm just saying, this is all I'm saying is like, I don't understand how revenge makes the movie better. It It's it's the idyllic prophecy because the whole thing where George Lucas's reasoning for changing the title was that a Jedi does not take revenge. My understanding, Luke Skywalker, is he's a human being. He's not a Jedi Knight. Sure. You can't qualify well, that's, him. That's fine. Yeah. And I'm just saying like, when I hear we're the arguing a complete asinine thing that doesn't need to be argued. We're talking about Star Wars. We are. I'm t we're talking. When is literally... when has anyone had a prolonged discussion about Star Wars and it not been completely asinine? That's it's fair point. Fucking um, <laughs> Star Wars. We're, we're talking about a title change. But no. But I'm saying okay, and I like I hear your points, and it yeah. it makes sense. But it's just. I don't know. A, Return of the Jedi sounds better than Revenge of the Jedi. If I hear the title, Revenge of the Jedi, that automatically makes the tone of the movie seem like it's this horror film. Or it's like this really brutal action-adventure. True story. No, there were brutal moments in it, yeah. Him shooting, whatever. But all of those things, cinematically, when you watch it, you're not thinking, oh, good God, he's lost control. You're thinking, <laughs> fuck yeah, evil is punished. Like, I... <laughs> True story, I was actually in, uh, I, I vividly remember this, I was about, god, I must have been 11 years old, and I was at my local supermarket, and, you know, back then, like all local supermarkets, they had, like, VHS tapes that you could rent, and they had Attack of the Clones there, and it was classified, I shoot you not, as a sci-fi horror film. I mean, it could have been scary because it was bad, but, you know, it was classified as sci-fi Wait, horror. which film was it? Oh. Attack of the Clones. Oh, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> I almost bet you that it was like a snarky kind of a <laughs> thing on, on behalf of one employee. Like, yeah, this fucking this is horrific. <laughs> and it was. It, really it was, was accurate. But, um... Anyways, Star Wars. Fucking Star Wars! It's back. But I've, loved, I've showed it to so many people this week, that video. Fucking... The Red Letter Media one? Yeah, I just... Oh, man, <laughs> his too. reaction is so perfect. <laughs> I need to play with my Star Wars toy. And it's like that bit, like I, I you, like, I really do think that I don't think that most of it was a performance. I, like, obviously, at the end, it gets to that point where it's just like, yeah, this is over the top. But his 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 enthusiasm seems so genuine. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, yeah, what's his name? Something Evans, Rich Evans, Rich Evans, Rich Evans from Red Letter Media did a reaction. To the Star Wars Seven trailer, and it was hilarious. Oh, it's um, so good. Um, it, look the it up. the conceit of the video was that he's watching it for the first time, and I'm assuming that he was because a lot of his reaction seems so so fucking genuine. Um, but the best bit is just because he's so super excited, and he's like, "Oh, look at that guy! He must be a Sith!" And then he's like, he gets the lightsaber out, and he's like, <gasps> and then the other two come. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> But like, yeah. Please go look the video up. It's it's my favorite thing in the world right now. Um, but yeah, it it was it perfectly encapsulates that moment where everyone, where America was just like, oh, 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 well, it's so cool. Like it was it. All in all, all in all, the trailer was fucking great. I thought it was great. Yeah, I'm I... so. 
yeah, excited that there might be this chance that we're going to get a really good, not really well, good, we're, we're gonna but get, we're going to get an exciting Star Wars film. It's not going to be the prequels. I just, Star Wars, it can't be. Star Wars is being handed to someone who is a, a competent actu- filmmaker. He's, he's, an actual, he's an actual film director. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's not the greatest filmmaker alive. I, uh, there's, I, 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 I don't even, I was going to say I have a love-hate relationship with him. I don't. I'm just like... He's made some movies that were fucking great. And I then really the others that were were just like, you know, eh. He yeah, um like I'm not a He's never I'm had a, a movie of, that I've been like, oh, this was fucking shit. I well, I've not been a fan of Cloverfield. Um See, I liked Cloverfield, but and I totally get it if other people don't. I just the concept of like a monster movie um from that perspective is interesting to me. It's a yeah. gimmick, but it, it it was a gimmick, and that's I think it was why an interesting use of the found footage um, type thing. I also liked Chronicle. A lot of people don't like that. I did but. not like Chronicle, um, but J.J. Abrams, I he did Super Eight. I fucking love Super Eight. It was one of my favorite films of that year. Yeah. Oh, easily. It was very good. Yeah, and then he did uh, Star Trek, which I uh, first Star f- Trek. I my first loved. my first introduction into the Star Trek universe was I saw Deep Space Nine. Okay. Yeah, I. I started Deep Space Nine, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and never went back to that genre. I I saw the J.J. Abrams Star Trek film, and I immediately gave a shit about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first time. For, for the me. first time in my and life, like, yeah. And when that came out, it wasn't my first uh, introduction to it. I was very well aware of Star Trek and seen multiple iterations of it. Um, but yeah, this was the first time I really gave anything of a shit about Star Trek. <laughs> But I remember saying it when it came out, though. I'm like, this is the best Star Wars movie that's come out since the fucking 80s. <laughs> no like, shit. It, and I'm like, why couldn't fucking Abrams just have directed the prequels? But now this is what we got, so. Yeah. No, I want because when I saw Star Trek, I was, the entire time I was thinking, like, this is the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Which will piss a lot of people off, but I mean, it's true to me. I don't know, Empire. Well, no, Empire is the greatest Star Wars film, but seeing Star Trek, it's it's the best Star Wars film we've seen since Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that he has Star Wars, it makes me so happy. It really mm-hmm. does. Um, I couldn't be more excited for this movie. Yeah, it's it's great. I yeah. want I want to go to that fucking planet from Interstellar. <laughs> Where, like, time is relative and an hour there is, like, years here. I just want to go there for, like, five minutes, come back, and we'll see Interstellar. I mean, um, Star Wars 7. Right. That's, that's what I want to do. But that means you'll still have this ball condition even a year. <laughs> that, that's, that is true. That is true. It won't be some... Oh, well. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Star Wars. Yeah, but, but the, the 80s is coming back to cinemas, and it's it's really... Mm. It's really exciting. We're getting another Terminator film as well that... Well, I wouldn't say that one's I mean, really that exciting. I mean, that was the thing that happened. That happened a couple hours ago. We got our first look at Terminator. Was Gen that a couple Y's. hours ago? It was a couple oh. hours ago. We got our first look at Terminator. probably the first podcast to cover that. Uh, probably not. I mean, this won't go up for like three days, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got our first glimpse at Terminator Genwisis. Uh, I'm not I'm not really excited for this one. I've never been excited for a Terminator film. It's not I, my uh, thing. I like I like Terminator. I really like Terminator Two. Uh, I really hated Terminator Three. I really hated Terminator Salvation. Um, 
I don't even think I saw Salvation. Fuck, it was bad, man. You don't want to see yeah, it. There's um, no interest. This one, it it looks interesting, but not good. So we'll see. I mean, well, the trailer the trailer starts off and John Connor uh, is talking and he's like, "A Terminator was sent back to kill my mom," and this person who's Jai Courtney is. Uh, he steps forward and he's like I'll go and save her so you know they send him back in time and he's basically Kyle Reese and they emulate the scene from the original Terminator where Kyle Reese comes back and he's naked and he's in an alleyway and he goes and he steals a trench coat and things from this grocery uh, not his grocery his clothing department store and uh, it's all very Terminator 1-esque and, and I was just thinking like we had Michael and Bean. Terminator 2 like we see fucking um, what's his name and he in this too Arnold Schwarzenegger is in this too. No, I mean not. I could remember his name. Um, oh, the guy who played the T one thousand. No, he's yeah. not. It's a different actor. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, but but it's the same. Character. It's a T. It's the same T one thousand, I believe. But um, but yeah, it looks very T Terminator one esque. And then Daenerys Targaryen comes bursting through this fucking wall, coming like, "Come with me if you want to live." And I just like I. It's his, I, it's I barely whole, recognize her with that blonde hair. But yeah, like, it's his whole... She literally, she looks like Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, um, yeah. Which was weird, but... It's this whole alternate universe thing where there was a Terminator... God, what is it with, like, actors that I respect from really, really successful franchises wanting to do a horrible Terminator film? <laughs> like, <laughs> Matt Smith is going to be in this film. He played the Doctor on Doctor Who. Kevin Smith? No, Matt Smith. He was not my favorite doctor, but he, he did all right. Um, but who was he in this? I have fucking no idea. All we've seen is oh, like he's press not photos. He's not in the trailer. He, okay. He's there's just press photos of him. But I guess the basic plot of this film is a Terminator was sent back like years and years and years ahead of the first film to protect Sarah Connor. I guess when she was like an infant or something. And that Terminator has since stayed with her for this entire time. So, the Terminator that's allegedly sent back in the first Terminator film, uh, we see him in the trailer. It's young Arnold Schwarzenegger. And old Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, walks on frames like, I've been waiting for you! And just blows him away. Um, but it basically looks like an alternate universe mashup of Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. So it's we'll, weird. I didn't, it looks like, really it weird. Just visually, it was weird. It thematically it was weird. I don't know what this movie's gonna be. Yeah, if uh, it uh, I I don't know. I I hope it's better than Terminator Salvation. I really do. I mean, maybe <laughs> it, it'll be really really tough if it sucks more than Terminator Salvation. It'll be really tough, but it is possible. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that one. We also got our look at. The Jurassic World, which mm-hmm. is fairly interesting. Um, it's directed by a man whose name escapes me. He directed this film called Safety Not Guaranteed. Steven Spielberg. No. Go on. Yeah. Um, it was directed by this man who did this film called Safety Not Guaranteed, and it was a very small, independent film. It was, a, it was like a cult film. It was... It was it was this interesting dark humor kind of snarky film, and in no way, shape, or form would I have ever seen that film and gone like, 
this is the guy who's going to direct the next Jurassic Park. So that in itself is weird to me. I mean, it was he's a good director. I just I don't know how he's going to handle it. From what I've seen from the trailer, is it looks visually it looks beautiful. We'll see how it goes. I have faith in Chris Pratt. He's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird that he's an action hero now, but I don't. We'll see. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Although you know, it made more. I haven't seen Jurassic World. I don't know if you know this. It's not out yet. Yeah, it's um, not out yet. <laughs> but uh, it made sense for Guardians of the Galaxy because it was funny. Yeah. And I mean, maybe they're just trying to transition him um, into a hardcore action hero. We'll see. But, God, what a waste! I would much rather see him in just real movies because he's so good. He really is. He he's basically he's what I saw in Luke Skywalker when I saw Star Wars for the first time. When you know, I watched why Guardians, why isn't he in Star Wars? He should be in Star Wars. He really should. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was basically Star Wars. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, but um, but no, it looks interesting. We'll we'll see how it goes. There's a lot of big debate going on, like the whole theory about this hybrid dinosaur that they're mixing species, which. I mean, whatever. That was whatever, the plot to the um, Disney ride Countdown to Extinction. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's actually a really cool ride that they had at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and I'm assuming they still do, but um, yeah, it's it's basically Jurassic Park, except like the big thrust is that, um, well, you, A, you're going back in time, you're not. No, it wasn't genetically engineered because you're going back in time. Never mind. What <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Well, no, like the uh, <laughs> the reason I get confused is because, um, the big dinosaur that they had, he had horns. And I remember, like, um, hearing when the ride opened up that he was, like, a combination of two dinosaurs oh. that actually existed. That they just thought it would look cool if they had, like, this big satanic T-Rex with horns. Really? Yeah. It didn't. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> the ride was really cool. Like, the ride is actually a lot better than... Um, they have... Have you ever been to Islands of Adventure? No. Okay. Well, they have um, a Jurassic Park ride. Okay. Which is really good. Um, however, I think Countdown to Extinction, I might be remembering it wrong because I haven't been on that ride forever and it might just been because I was a child. But uh, I remember it being a lot more impressive than the Jurassic Park ride. I've, I've been to the Jurassic Park ride at Universal Studios in Oh, okay. It's probably the same thing then. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, the whole hybrid... Was dynasty- it a flume ride? Like, like- Splash Mountain? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm sure it's uh, the same thing. You see, like, this T-Rex at the end, and it goes down. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, sometimes the T-Rex breaks down. Does it? Um, If you're from Florida and you go to these theme parks a lot, then you know that when they break down, it's oftentimes hilarious. But, like, <laughs> it's... Because they do pretty frequently, and I guess if you've only been there once, you might not know this. But, um... I've been there multiple times when the T-Rex broke down, and as you're going up the thing, they're like, oh no, there's a T-Rex looster, whatever the fucking line is, and then you just go, and you hear the big roar, and you just, it takes your picture, and everybody on the boat is looking up, like, <laughs> what? Because you just kind of see the face of this frozen T-Rex that's not moving, that's supposed to come and look like it's about to eat you. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... I mean, I mean the hybrid dinosaur thing. Like, it doesn't immediately piss me off because we've seen the whole dinosaur thing done before in Jurassic Park, and it was done really well. I think mm. this is a way to like show us the whole idea of like them. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, the it's entire conceit a... of Jurassic Park was that they were 
genetically experimenting with these yeah. dinosaurs. They're I mean, playing they, God. yeah, but they were altering the dinosaurs' DNA in the original movies because they were all supposed to be female. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I can see like for Jurassic World where this would where it would work where it's something that we have not seen before, and this is where you can build in suspense and have that mm-hmm. kind of Jaws esque feel to it. I don't know. But first of all, if you're watching a Jurassic Park film and you're getting pissed off at the idea that they're going to have fictional dinosaurs, <laughs> can a, I, like, can I explain to you what a velociraptor really looks like? It looks like a, like a it's turkey, It's a chicken. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like three feet tall. They're like six feet long, but it's because it had feathers that were really long. But yeah, it's a chicken. The, the, the velociraptor um, that they used in the movie is more... It's more similar to another dinosaur that actually existed, but... It's not a um, velociraptor. It's not a velociraptor, and its name didn't sound cool. Velociraptor sounds fucking hella cool. It really does. So, um, I got a motorcycle named Velociraptor. Yeah, why not, dude? Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Can we just talk about... They had, like, that fucking Megalodon thing. Yeah, I forget trailer. what that's called. Um, yeah, um... It's not a Megalodon. That's... They actually, uh... They were around longer than the Megalodon, I believe. It fucked but up it's a great huge. white shark. Yeah. I don't think they're that big, but yeah. yeah. They have what looks like an actual Megalodon hanging on a fucking uh, a crane, and then they bring it to the center of the lake, and this giant thing with these huge... It like, looks like the, it's a it looks like the lake thing. monster from Resident Evil 4. Yeah. It's, 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 no, I should you not, it's the exact shot where it's, like, above it, and it comes mm-hmm. up and it eats, it's, it's, it's a, like, monster from Resident Evil 4, yeah. um, but. Or not that they base this off Resident Evil, but they probably base that monster off of this dinosaur. Probably, but, can I just say that having played the Resident Evil games and games like Dino Crisis 2, where there, there are sections where there are, like, things in water that are hunting you. Mm-hmm. Water levels and missions fucking blow. Yeah. Like, those are the scariest so, if they do a water level in this Jurassic World, uh, it's going to be scary as shit, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I hope it brings back that actual fear and suspense that was lacking from the last two Jurassic Park films we had. Right. If they if they put it in water, I'm going to be scared shitless, just because. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, that's it, Jurassic World. Um, Excited, we'll see how it goes. Last thing that we wanted to bring up. Uh, James Bond. Yes. New Bond film. The new it's James Bond film Spectre. was was announced today. Bond 24. Jesus Christ. Fuck, that's a lot of movies. Um I'm excited. Wait, it's Bond 24 by the uh the the Eon standards and so it's technically Bond 25 because uh Never Say Never Again didn't count. <laughs> really? Can well, we... cuz that was made by a different studio. Really? Um yeah. Yeah, I wasn't being Snarky can, there. Can uh, can we can we just have make die another day not count? Yeah. Okay. Then we're back to twenty four. Okay. So fine. Okay. So it's Bond twenty four. Um, I think Sam Mendes is directing it. I don't know. I hope he's directing it again because Skyfall was awesome. Mm-hmm. Although, can I just say this about Die Another Day? It kind of made me want to move to North Korea because it made it look like this beautiful neon ice kingdom. <laughs> that wasn't North Korea. <laughs> oh, wasn't it? No, that was I like... thought it was a... a North, of, North definitely Korea. one of them is set in North Korea. Yeah, no, no. Die Another Day starts off where they surfboard into North Korea. Okay. And that's, it's, it it's, that. it's that whole shitty fight where it's like gray sand everywhere. And they, mm. they have a... They have a there's a fight scene on top of a hovercraft going through a minefield. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. 
It's a thing that happens. Madonna did the theme song. Yeah. Um. God, fuck that movie. But no, Skyfall was great. Um, my favorite Bond film was uh, Casino Royale, actually. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be like that. Um, I liked Skyfall a lot too. Not that it's my favorite Bond film, but like. Oh God! What was the name of the second one? I can't even fucking Quantum think of, of it. Solace. Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. Piece of shit. Well, that um, the reason that that movie was so bad was because it got screwed by the writers' strike. Yeah. Uh, back in two thousand seven, there was the Writers Guild strike, um, and midway it halted production for a while, but then they pushed it through anyway. So what you ended up getting was like a second draft script, and they were constantly like rewriting on the fly and so yeah it wasn't a very strong film it wasn't like a horrible film uh, i mean it wasn't fucking it's not like i think that we should forget it it was just so mediocre to me it, yeah it true. seemed like an it, episode of a tv show almost yeah. that was stretched out into a feature length which was really disappointing because i casino royale was such a fantastic yeah, bond i mean film. you're coming off of yeah like, you're coming off of the heels of greatness not only was it you know disappointing but it was monumentally disappointing right because yeah well and casino royale came on came on the fucking heels of what is widely considered to be the worst film in the franchise so yeah no shit i like yeah they they had everything uh going wrong for it on all ends but it's too bad like it's it's not like they set out to make this wasn't a bad movie based on the hubris of the people making it it's just it kind of fell apart it's too bad daniel craig was still great and i love him as bond so i'm happy that he's gonna be in this (laughs) motherfucking he fucking hates being james bond does he he really does it's uh fucking so english like, oh yes, I hate this thing that's made me all of this success. Um, yeah, but you were gonna Who say... Who was he before Bond, though? Like, he... He was in was Layer in... Cake. Yeah, he was... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so since he's been Bond and guy with lots of moles on his back and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um... <sighs> fucking the villain to this movie, Michael, excites me to no end. <laughs> yep, go for it. Fucking Christoph Waltz. Playing the lead villain in this Bond film. If ever there was a fucking actor in the modern Hollywood landscape who is perfect to be a James Bond villain, Christoph fucking Waltz. I think that was my the biggest thing for me in Skyfall was I didn't really like the villain, and I like Benicio Del Toro, but... um I don't know. I just His motives weren't all there for me. His, like, his was, motives felt weird, but that one scene... His introduction scene. Was yeah, like yeah, yeah. That was so beautiful. It was. It, it was it so was. beautiful. Um, and he was creepy. He was yeah. weird. I liked him. He's just not... I, it's not that the villain wasn't strong. It's just the writing of the villain could have been better, better to yeah. me. Because, like, you have that one scene, then everything after that is, like, fucking DSX Machina on behalf of the villain, where it's just, like, you planned this so perfectly that I don't believe it. Like, I... Yeah, the, the, the Bond villain that I really love again goes back to Casino Royale. I said was... I didn't like his motivation. I loved his motivation. I thought that was great. So I take that back. I just didn't like. I don't know. I I felt like his introduction sequences. His introduction was so strong that the rest of his character never lived up to that. Um, yeah. One of the Bond villains I really like is Lachif again from Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. He was a perfect blend of you knew there was someone greater than him, but he was still so fucking menacing. And it was really. It was a really it, great adaptation of Le Chief. Um Yeah. If you've read 
uh, Casino, Casino Royale. Royale. It was a very faithful adaptation of that entire book for the it most was, part. I mean, it was it modernized. It made me so but, happy, yeah. yeah. And that's like, I, I and, read and this that is, and, and I read Dr. No, but... And this is why it pisses me off, like, to no end when people were like, Casino Royale wasn't a Bond film, where were his gadgets? Where yeah. where was his... Like, I, you have no idea how this... Little, because literally, I went and saw I went and, I went and saw Skyfall with two of my friends, and both of them had hated Casino Royale because they both viewed it as like it's not a Bond film. Bond can't get beat up. Bond's supposed to save the day because he's James Bond. Yeah, he's supposed to be a superhero, but his whole thing was he's not a superhero. He's a spy. He's a very good spy. Yeah, but sometimes but he loses. He's human, and that's what makes him fucking interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, the characters that I'll always love are the ones that will take punches and get back up again. Like, fucking Indiana Jones. Sure. So, when people say that they didn't like Casino Royale because it wasn't a Bond film, it pisses me the fuck off. Anyways, continuing from that. I thought Empire Strikes Back was the worst one because it was the most boringest one. <laughs> but, anyways. um, Also casted in this new Bond film is Alexander Scott. Which, if you are not familiar with um, he plays James Moriarty on the BBC Sherlock and is a phenomenal actor. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure what role he'll be playing in this film, but whatever he does, I'm sure he'll be great. Because mm-hmm. he's great. He's really great. Um, also Andrew Batista. Also, yeah, David Batista. Or David Batista, Andrew Batista. Yeah, no, not Who the, the same. Fuck is... I don't care. <laughs> David Batista's allegedly playing some kind of henchman, which... He has muscles. He's he's big. He's intimidating. Mm-hmm. Sure, why not? Yeah. As long as he, I mean, yeah, it's exactly the kind of role he should be playing. Yeah, I mean, I liked him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, that was another example of the exact kind of role he should be playing. It's like he didn't have to do anything like crazy acting wise, and thusly, like his performance was fine, believable. Yeah. It, was it was very fine. Yeah. good. Like I remember when I heard the like, yeah, he's like an MMA guy, and he's gonna be in this movie, and like, oh. oh. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, he was fucking great. Um, so yeah, I guess he'll be playing the new odd job, uh, random task. Yeah, yeah. Especially. So other than that, Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool. Other than that, yeah, Ryan Reynolds playing officially. Deadpool. Officially, uh, officially, I don't think there is any doubt in anyone's mind that that was so not going to be the case. They're like, and now to announce who's playing Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds, and he comes out and he opens an envelope. He's like Shia LaBeouf. Then that movie that I was watching, my mind cuts to black. Um, <laughs> but but no, um, Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool, which I I think is a good choice. Uh, I really like Ryan Reynolds. I mean, do we even really have to discuss it? But you already fucking played Deadpool, and. He- he like they even shout that out in the fucking comics where it's like yeah he's what do you look like under long the... been associated with that character yeah I think I think the exact line is someone asked him like how he feels and Deadpool's response is what does how he would... look like under that mask no 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 saying. no and he I know because he already had his mask off uh, it was a redundant question but that's how I remember it was asked is it because no, I remember no, I remember in a Ryan Reynolds right. in a Ryan Reynolds interview that's what he says happens but what I remember is um. Someone asks him how he feels, and he just looks at them, and he was like, how would you feel if you looked like Ryan Reynolds crossed with a Sharpay? Pino was actually, he was very surprised when I told him the person who slated to direct the Deadpool film, Tim Miller, his... His only other credit. Well, not his only other credit, but his most well-known credit 
is he directed the title sequence for David Fincher's Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I mean, I, I have nothing bad to say. Like I said before, it was my favorite part of that movie, but man, they... Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, apparently Ryan Reynolds is really, really heavily involved, like, in the production aspect of the Deadpool film. And he's, like, we know he's a big fan of the character of Deadpool. He's stated many times before, like, he just wanted to play Deadpool. They gave him the script in X-Men Origins, and he was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I have faith in him. I have... Well, that one scene that he was actually in and allowed to speak was great. Yeah, he was good. Um, Didn't when, look like Deadpool, when he, when but he turned whatever. into Baraka, he was basically. I mean, I think they actually used a body double. They didn't even use Ryan Reynolds for that. Yeah, they need to. Yeah, but God, fuck that movie. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited for Deadpool. One of my favorite comic book characters, not because of his abundance of depth, but because it's just really fun to read. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. And yeah, if the the test footage was anything to go by like they have an understanding of the way that character works they they have an um, understanding of the way the character works and what makes me even more excited is tim miller as a director has an understanding of how action works which a majority of hollywood film directors don't yeah and that makes me excited oh speaking of hollywood film directors that know how to do action we george lucas no uh we didn't mention uh <laughs> the the person who's directing suicide squad mm-hmm Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did we not? We didn't. Di- we didn't discuss him. We discussed the cast. Yeah, David Iyer is his name. Um, fucking director of Training Day, man. Yeah. And he not only is he the director, he's the writer and director. Yeah. So yeah, that that makes me super excited because yeah. like he, he's a very fucking competent filmmaker. So yeah, he he most recently did Fury, which I have not seen. Yeah, but before seen that, he did End of Watch, which was fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, um, training Day and so yeah, fan- Training Day was and great. Well, but... what, I think um, excites me most about that is like Training Day was exactly this type of tone that Suicide Squad is, where you have like these anti heroes. Like, you have, there's a lot of moral ambiguity, yeah. obviously, is the crux of that movie. And um, so he knows how to do that well. What, what befuddles me, though, is every film that he's done, mm-hmm. every film has been rated R. So sure. I wonder this if... This will probably be a very, probably, very hard PG-13, it, if anything. It will probably be PG-13, but it it makes me curious, because if a studio sees a director like that, who's done Rated R before, and still be wildly successful, will mm-hmm. they give faith in him to make a Rated R film and no. still make success? Yeah, probably no. not. Not probably for not. Suicide Squad, it's a comic book movie. It's just as much as I would love to say yes, I really, really doubt it. Maybe. As much as I'd love knows, to see it. Who knows, but like... Like I said, putting Joker in this movie, you're expecting to sell a lot of fucking tickets. Um, yeah. As much as I'd love to see an R-rated Deadpool film, we're going to get a PG-13 Deadpool film. Did they confirm that? I remember them saying that. that I think it's, I think it's confirmed. But if, if that's the case, what we can all hold out for as Deadpool fans is when that DVD comes out to have an unrated edition. Yeah, that would be great. That'd be great. It'd be perfect. And I think that's what we're all looking for. But Indeed, we are. Just, or just put the film out and say it's unrated. Fuck it. We need the MPA. They're full of shit anyways. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that being said, it's getting late. It is. Mikey Chan's got to rest his balls. I need to take fucking painkillers now. Um. So, see you later, assholes.